0: Uh, yes, the midnight hour is close to hand, end. And well, with all the good wins going, wow, this is a really close Eagles game going on here. Yeah, sure hope we pull it out. No offense to Fear Ennis, but uh, uh, we need this win, man. It's, it's, it's been a crazy season for us. We get tired of it. But anyway, the witching hour. It finally has come to this. The last week of September, leading into the greatest month of all time. Oh, Yes. Because welcome to the J360 Monster Fest here on K360 Ray. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, J360 Legion? This is the J-Man reporting in for episode 119. One more down, folks. One more down. And it couldn't be at a better time. The J360 Monster Fest is back. Now, keep in mind, as we had started this a year ago, it went pretty well. For the most part, I had a few guests. um, Talked about the psychological of certain monsters that exist in real life, in addition to movies, in addition to video games that we celebrated. So we're going to do nearly the same thing this year, but we're going to go all out on different things. Matter of fact, you just heard the new theme song, right? So yeah, the Monster Fest starts, well, technically it started yesterday, but it does start on the 26th all the way to November 3rd. So every J-Man episode is going to be pretty much a Monster Fest-based episode from here on out. Other than that, though, you know, it's going to be fun because we'll go right back into talking about the important things that we need to talk about, such as movies. <laughs> getting tired of talking about real life sometimes. I mean, I went all out on the mini bites and pretty much I just said, you know what? <laughs> I don't care. I still do my own thing. You know what I mean? Making some great content for you all shouldn't have to be such a trial. You know, it shouldn't have to be a tribulation kind of thing. So what I'm trying to do is get back into the folds of actually making you some movies. I mean, I've written some stories. Yes, but it's time to go ahead and pitch those things. Get them out there because I don't necessarily have to make them myself, I can always sell them, and then I have other stories to make as well, so you gotta get back on the boat with that, because right off the bat, I'm not too fond of what follows nowadays, I mean, isn't there some news going around about Kevin Feige actually doing, um, he's actually doing Star Wars movies now, or something like that, he's, he's got, like, a, a movie plan, it's like, I don't know why everybody keeps referring to some of these people like they are actually going to be the ones to take us back to, like, true filmmaking, whatever the hell that is. You know, it's like people will take these buzzwords and they'll take these tones and they will throw them out there. It's no good for the business, man. I mean, at the end of the day, how about just a decent movie? How about something that's actually beneficial for all of us? I mean, after all, we're the ones paying to go see these movies. I mean, you would think that... You know, one way or another, I don't think we're getting the due justice we need. And while I'm going on that stance, you know, it's always good to go back and look at some of the classics, but you don't have to delve into the classics too much. So while we are doing the Monster Fest, I will say this. I've already done a Jason marathon. I've already done a Freddy marathon. I've already done. No, no, actually, I didn't visit Ghostface in a while. So that's going to be the only slasher we talk about this year, right? So no Freddy, no Jason. Okay. Those of you that were all about that, you know, come on. Somebody else is already doing A Matter of fact, we just had Friday the 13th pass by here. Everybody did it. So no, 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 not this time. And since I did the Evil Dead trilogy last year, that's not going to happen either. I might do Ash versus the Evil Dead, you know, point out some um, episodes of significance. But at the same time, you know, once again, if we've done it before, maybe small antidotes here or there, but not so much as the focus of the show. And even then, today's focus of the show was me looking into a franchise that I really didn't pay too much attention to, you know? Like, I went back to the Universal Horror lineup. And as you should, because that's a legendary lineup, and you just can't do them all in one, you know, one sitting. I mean, because those things are really there to keep you for suspense and storytelling factors. And I love it. But I was sitting there, and I never got into The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Like, even as a kid, I was like, he's ugly. He's scary. From certain circumstances, he's scary. But, you know, as I sit there and I look at him, like, I appreciate him more now than I did as a kid. Because, you know, when I was like a kid, I was like, he's just a half fish. You know, if he's out there for a long time, he'll dry out and die. So it's like, and then again, I couldn't be more wrong about that because uh throughout those movies, he's been on land and he doesn't show any sign of fatigue, you know, chances are. Like, because at the end of the day, he does have, like, the best and the worst of man mixed with fish. And it makes you wonder if something like that really does exist on this planet somehow. You know, like creatures left behind from time, trapped in a world they never made, similar to Howard the Duck, which at the same time, he deserves a better remake. You know what I'm saying? And then again, he's supposed to be in a what if show. But as I look at it, right, like I was sitting there watching the first one. The first one was the best. I mean, after all, as soon as those archaeologists found... <laughs> that sign that his creature exist, you know, that the creature exists, they would have been better off just leaving that alone. Matter of fact, because as soon as we saw the, I like the way they did that in the shot where they showed the picture of the fossilized hand. And then all of a sudden the creature's real hand showed up coming out of the water, like right there in the Amazon. And it was like, yo, this, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> you know? And then I just sat there and I started watching it and like, Man, once he went into that tent and he killed those two assistants, I was like, hey, I think, I think I'm think in for something here. And what was awesome about it was is that that suspense factor was just the way it needed to be. Because, you know, the guy that found the fossil, he went away to go find his um former student to get him and, of course, the one woman involved. Because, see, when you watch these old movies, chances are the women, that's pretty much what they do. They... They scream, and they fall over, and all this other stuff. I mean, look, it's sold for the time. If any of you go back and watch this stuff after me recommending it and saying, like, "Oh, this was sexist. I couldn't handle it. Just remember the factor of the time. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, they managed to get the right to vote then. So, you know, things were still getting built up to the point where we are already angry at each other about things. You know, But there there's going to be some strong female leads to talk about, too. Even though it's not going to be what you want, because half the time when you want something, you're never going to get that. So keep that in mind. <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm just saying, you know, some of them people out there are still butthurt about Dave Chappelle's uh, comedy special. I mean, let's, let's just be real. Let let it go. Let it go. You, you lost. You lost this time. Now, but when it comes right to it. So, you know, also the same guy I mentioned before, his name was David. He works under a money-grubbing um, scientist. If anything, you know, you got multitudes of different science- scientists, especially in these movies. You got the one that, you know, does his job, but is open about being, you know, respectful to the creatures that exist out there. But you got the other one, right, that doesn't give a damn, that really exists for the almighty dollar. Sure, sure, sure. I'm a scientist at best, and, you know, my job is supposed to be about you know, pushing mankind forward to really test the limits. But at the same time, I don't give a damn about the elements. I'm going to go ahead and screw all that up. You know, to the point where at the same time, when Mother Nature decides to take his revenge, I have no remorse. But as long as I get a nice hefty paycheck, I don't care. So obviously, you know, the villain of the movie. You see what I'm saying? Most times people will think it's a creature. It's not really the creature at best. The creature at best is just doing what it needs to do. It's It's trying to eat and it's trying to procreate. More on that later. You see, and by the time that mission was brought up and they saw the fossil, it was like, you know, maybe we can get something out of this. And then they went back to where the um, original sighting was. The two assistants are dead. They were like, well, you know, maybe a jaguar killed him. A jaguar, a vicious animal, will not mess up humankind that bad. Something a little bit, mm, you know, something a little bit more evolved did this crap. But, you know, later on, they started to really pick up the pieces and... Had a little crew together because you always know who's the red shirt army coming in with you. And they ride down to Amazon to go ahead and find the trail of the monster that the fossilized hands belong to. And as they do, they go right into his lair. They go right to the Black Lagoon itself. I was like, really, you're going to go automatically to his lair? And chances are, you know, the creature really didn't care for anybody else. But guess what he saw? As he was, you know, swimming and doing his rounds. He saw the woman. And as soon as he saw the woman, you knew all hell broke loose. And the only thing is, is because he's just doing the natural thing. <laughs> I mean, think about it. As shapely as she was, I mean, I don't think I would turn it down. But the point is, is that, you know, the creature didn't know any better. I- I've noticed this about all three movies exactly. Like, when the creature is dealing with a certain woman, he pulls him down into the water pretty deep. And their mouths are usually open, so it's like, you know, won't he kill them by drowning just like that? You know, it's, it, you know, I, I gotta admit this. I know it's sick, and this is the Monster Fest, and we can talk about necro-loving if you want. But the thing about it is, if you're still tapping it, would it be much fun if she was still... Uh, you know, never mind, never mind. Moving on, moving on. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, as he wants the woman. So what he's gonna do is he's gonna try to lead them into his lair, too. So it all works out. And you know, after going ahead, wiping out crew member after crew member, and then, you know, I gotta admit this about the other scientist, the one that's money grubbing, he was smart enough to bring some harpoon guns, because, honestly, I I don't know why it's a trope, I don't know why it's a thing, but, you know, they do, um, they do do ballistic tests like this, where they shoot the, shoot guns right down there into the water, to see how far the bullet would travel, or see, like, you know, if it's gonna really cut through, like, can you really hurt somebody that way? You can! But you see, not the creature. The creature manages to stand up. They they hit him with two harpoons, and he's still going. I was like, damn. That healing factor is something else. He's better than Wolverine, pretty much. And the creature's just trying to do one one of two things. He's trying to eat, and he's trying to F. And as he's trying to F, he ain't gonna let nobody get in the way. He saw that woman, he said, hmm, claim. And I can't be mad at him for it. But you see, they were trying to capture him, they were trying to... They managed to use a drug to um, to really get to him and uh, work him down. I forget what it's called. It starts with an R, but um, they managed to use a drug to weaken him a little bit. And at first, you know, it didn't really work. It just stayed on top. But then they started doing deeper parts of it to where it may, they managed to get him all laid up and stuff. And then, you know, it's funny. They put him in the cage, right? Didn't even... Now that I think about it, they didn't even put him on the cage in the boat, didn't they? they? They put the... <laughs> they had him there, they waited until he regained consciousness to actually try to put him on the boat. I was like, you see, like I said, maybe this stuff is legendary, but it doesn't mean that the people in the movie are actually smart. You know what I'm saying? If anything, I would have just taken some pictures of him and left. Simple as that. Like, you know, was, honestly, I, I wouldn't take something like that, bring it back into American society to where it could go ahead and just run amok and destroy things. Especially after a whole bunch of people... You know, don't know how to act when we get special things like that. I mean, look at King Kong for a big example on that sort of thing. As soon as he uh, was brought back to the mainland, everything went wrong. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't even get the girl at the end. More on that later. <laughs> but um, as I was looking at this, I was like, you know, this, you know, they do a lot of dumb things. But even the main guy kept saying, you know what? Okay, he's a significant specimen. But at the same time, it's best that we leave him here and get away. But the main villain. He was like nah. I need, Rent is due you somebody. I am going to get my money. And he is my money. And, and pretty much that's what it was. And and then like. It was, it was a whole bunch of stupid things. And then you know the creature was going to get his revenge anyway. Because as soon as he regained his strength back. What do you think happened? Took out some more of the crew members. Managed to mess up one of the doctors. To the point where he's unrecognizable. And then the main guy was like, no, we are going back. And even the captain was like, you know what? You're right, senor. We're going back. And then like <laughs> the, the antagonist, he was like, no, no, no. You, you, you can't do this. We ain't going nowhere. Captain pulled a knife on him, said, oh, I think we are. So I thought that was awesome because, you know, you got some people out there that are lackeys on movies. And it's like, you know, you agreed that you did not want to lose any more people. But this one was smart. I was actually proud of that. And of course, like, I, you've noticed I haven't talked too much about the female in this movie because, see, she hasn't done too much anything other than be the love interest and scream. That's all she pretty much did. And then the way her curves looked, you know, that, that was pretty much eye candy for the men. You know what I'm saying? But hey, hey, ladies, ladies, don't feel too bad. There's a lot there for you. And the creature is naked throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. See, that's something for you. <laughs> But, um, you know, and the way the movie was put together, it, it was really good. And I look at the way they did the underwater scenes, and I'm just wondering what kind of cameras they used, because, you know, like the underwater sequences in the creature from the Black Lagoon seem to be a lot better than the ones from um, Thunderball, if you compare the two, because, see, like, Thunderball was actually an advance in uh, filmmaking, too, for James Bond filmmaking and action movies, too. And they had problems with the camera there as well. So I'm just wondering what they use in the 50s to make it, you know, more proficient. You know what I'm saying? Well, of course, you know, back in those days, horror films were considered B movies. Yeah, interesting, huh? But other than that, though, like, um, uh, you could tell the part where they really pissed off the creature. Because I think, like, more or less, they were trying to escape. But you see, the creature, he ain't letting that woman get away. So what he did was had the whole thing bordered up to where they couldn't leave, had, had this large tree right there. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really that important to them. And then, <laughs> then the, um, and then the antagonist, like, you've noticed that I'm not really going into too much depth with them because I got two more movies to cover. But the antagonist, his whole goal, you know, he wanted his money. So he went down there. He tried to face him again. This time he had his harpoons and stuff, but the creature was too smart for him. And for some reason, the guy thought, considering how many times the creature has shown his superior strength against humankind, especially all the people that died around him, decided to fight him. Boy, the creature messed him up. And then he floated up to the top, and then Kay, the female, screamed at the sight of him. And I was like, oh, come on, you knew he was going to die. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody else had a hard time with me. what we'll make this person seem like he's so special that he can hold his own? Plot armor or no plot armor, you are not gonna beat that thing hand to hand. You know what I mean? You got like a Tony Stark's chance in fighting Steve Rogers. Yes, I went that far. Yeah, look, look. By the way, those of you Iron Man fans need to let it go. Cap beat the living hell out of him. I'm sorry, just let, let it be. But going back into this, though, you know, held their held their own against them. But you see, finally, the creature managed to get what he wanted. Eventually, he tricked those people into looking over at the dead body, grabbed Kay, went down into the water, took her back to his lair. And apparently, he had a lair. And of course, you know, the main guy had to do his thing, fall through, go ahead and save her, but even he couldn't hold his own after a while. And then luckily, the crew member and the captain suddenly got in there, the one crew member that still survives for all this. They managed to come up, had their shotgun, shot the creature up. Finally did because, you know, the creature was too, uh, too horny to realize that there were other people coming and then the creature fell in the water and allegedly died at the end. Now this led to a whole opening for the second one called revenge of the creature. Revenge of the creature was good, but this is where it was more of, you know, these idiots finally caught the creature and took him home. Why would you do that? Did you not read the report last time? They even mentioned it in the movie that, well, you know, the reports from the scientists from the first movie, uh, they said that he lives out there in the Amazon. And they were like, yeah, yeah, but we're still going to try to bring him home because, you know, he's a scientific discovery. He's, he's very important. And then much like how you look at Blackfish regarding um, SeaWorld and the way they treated their animals and everything, they put him in the aquarium after capturing him, had him chained up, studied him and see how smart he could be. But, see, the problem is they did a lot of inhumane crap to him, too. They kept shocking him and all that stuff. I'm like, you know, eventually he's going to get pissed. He's going to break out. He's already smarter than you know, but you're still going to keep harassing him about it, right? And even they even had a hard time feeding him after a while. I mean, there was a moment in the movie, and you could tell, like, the middle of the movie, where, you know, he starts to become docile and starts to understand them to a point. But they they still found a way to screw it up because they kept shocking him. And then as soon as he broke his chains and stuff like that, because he kept breaking it throughout the whole thing, the mechanism. And then eventually he broke the chain up, got up. (laughs) And then this is how stupid you realize the humans on these movies are, because it's like you're going to jump in now that he's free. I mean, if you ever really take the chance, you know, watch these two films and, you know, you start to question the morality of things, which is why these movies are pretty significant especially any kind of movies that blend horror and sci-fi. You know, you just, you just wonder to what is inhumane and the way they were treating him in this movie. That, that was, it was ridiculous. And once again, you know, he wanted that mate, you know, he already got his food. He already had that taste of blood killing humans again. But the problem is they just would not leave him alone. You know what I'm saying? At first, you took him out of his home in the Amazon. Now he's out there in Florida and Florida has a lot of waterways. Let, let him live. That's what I kept thinking the whole time. I was rooting for the creature the whole time rather than the humans. Because they do a lot of dumb stuff. Except for maybe da- Dr. David in the first movie. That That's the only one I seem to kind of sympathize with. Because at least he understands. But everybody else is dumb as a brick. And none of the ladies in these movies helped either. Because, y- you know, once again, they really didn't do too much. But you see, like, she she was fascinated by him till he broke loose, and then all of a sudden say I I want you I'm take you with me, and then once again they managed to corner him, shoot him full of lead, and then he went into the water again. Like I say, every get used to that because that's pretty much a um, common theme with those movies. And then after that, calls the creature walks among us. This movie was. Um, you know it shows that even then less is more and they really couldn't stick the landing it didn't have that suspense factor as much as the first two did this one right here just should let you know that what they did was they tried to make dr frankenstein or a caricature of dr frankenstein and put him in the role of finding the creature because allegedly he believes the creature still lives so they can go ahead and study him which is a common theme And once they found him, they realized that his gills were irreparably, you know, damaged. So, but they also found out he had a set of lungs. So they were figuring, hey, let's experiment on him. Bring him back to life. Have him live like one of us. Now, I can't think of a better death sentence than that. Because, you know, sometimes being a human can be very, very annoying. (laughs) You know, especially when you got to deal with other people. You know this. I know this. And then as the creature was brought back to life, he got, he got a lot bigger. You know what I mean? He got built. He looked kind of like Debo. And the thing is he, he, you know, any of that suspense factor I saw, he just reminded me of the Frankenstein monster too much more that there was no originality to him, but that's my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't on par with the other two and the mad doctor more or less. He was just, I was waiting for him to die and you know what he did, right? He killed one of his assistants and then he tried to blame the creature on it cuz you know the creature can't talk or defend himself and he was standing there in like um this makeshift uh makeshift plantation area let's just call it that because pretty much that's what he looked like the whole time i was like damn they really went this far with it huh and i mean like i was like yo 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 you're going to go ahead and try to blame the creature on that stuff cuz something already died when it got in contact with the creature so This guy getting killed, well, the creature looks more or less like the enemy. The creature saw that and said, hell no, I ain't dealing with this, though. I'd have lost my love of the sea, and you're going to go ahead and blame me for something like this? Not at all. So he busted out of his tent, well, not tent, but busted out of his gate, which I was waiting for the whole time because this is the cost of admission. So he went through the house, pretty much chased after the guy, ripped him to shreds. I mean, it was a very satisfying death. I enjoyed it because he deserved every bit of it. The guy was also abusive to his wife, too. I mean, she wasn't really much. I mean, like, Kay had more of a ground than she did. The doctor's wife really didn't do anything in this movie, other than just, you know, was there. And she was screaming the whole time, and then the creature managed to break away after killing the mad doctor, but then, you know, the main hero of that movie, he looked at that, he's like, well, you know, one of the two evils is... Dead and gone, so we don't necessarily have to worry about this anymore. And it turned out that he was talking about the doctor. Because the creature, you know, more or less he he was a victim in this movie. Let's just be honest. If anything, it could have been a whole movie about those people rather than the creature. But yeah, I like this because it was bittersweet though. The creature went out to another area where the sea was, and you know he didn't have gills, but you know what he did, right? He finally jumped back in that water and presumably drowned it to death. So now nobody really needs to mess with him anymore. Bittersweet as hell, but it's the truth. See, if you're something like a missing link out there or whatever, the best thing you can do is not interact with people. I say this for any kind of movie because, you know, <laughs> it gets to the point where it's like we we as human beings, you know, we we are bastards. Sometimes we just totally take something that's unnatural or maybe natural at one point, and we will pervert the hell out of it and say for science. And when you look at this certain significance, when you look at a uh, different kind of horror movies from time to time, you realize there's something that we did wrong, like drag me to hell. I mean, the damn woman, all she had to do because she wanted that cushy job. All she had to do was try to help that gypsy woman, you know, give her a little bit more time. But no, she wanted to show how aggressive she was and denied the woman any chance, which led to her getting cursed. And at the end of the movie, I was glad when she literally got dragged to hell. That was all right. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, she deserved every bit of that. And not to mention the whole thing with the um with the button and the envelope and stuff, and then all the envelopes got mixed up. I was like, yeah, she ain't coming out of this one alive. And Justin Long's face as he looked at his uh significant other being dragged right into the scaffolds of hell. Yep. She's going to be treated like Beatrice from, um... Dante's Inferno, you know, killed and tortured every time until she submits. But hey, you know what? Like Dante said, I have not lived. I have not died. And this would be the perfect time to play the redemption theme in the background, but it's not going to happen today. But the thing is, though, what I'm saying is certain certain things about the Creature Trilogy is, is that one, less is more. Less is more. Because you got certain movies like Dracula, Frankenstein, even the Wolfman to a point and the Invisible Man where like, you know, they they don't necessarily follow the trend within each other. Even the Mummy series kind of dealt with a different mummy after a while. And I'm talking about the classic Universal movies. You know, like, like there were times where less is more. Put it that way. And I mean, you see, at least with those three films, you got to see some completion here and there because while you might say they can't stick the landing on the third one. I mean, where else could they go without the movie being formalistic? And as I looked at him, I I managed to appreciate it because the creature couldn't help what he was. He was trapped in a different time. He was trapped in a different time with eager, ambitious, stupid humans. And that, you know, much like anything else, just like Kong, you know, Kong loved Faye Ray so much, he he did everything for her. (laughs) He was even her protector. And and what did Faye Ray do? Well,. Other than scream at him throughout most of the movies, she pretty much proved she wasn't doing him. And then, you know, it wasn't the planes that killed him. It was a broken heart and lots and lots of bullets. And then he fell off the damn building and, well, you know the rest. You know, at the end, I was thinking about doing some j about the end of that movie, but, uh, nah. Because those are classic movies. And, and really, when Kong died like that... You know, it it was a very special moment because beauty killed the beast. And you can say the same thing for the creature. Beauty killed the beast. Even though, you know, they really don't, you know, do any motivation there. But it's like, you know what I mean, especially when it comes to circumstances like that. But, you know, when it comes to certain creatures of the deep, like when I say that we as humans, we pervert a lot of things. Take a look at our planet, if you will. What with the rising of sea level? What would so many different things that live in the sea coming out here and attacking people? Because one way or another, they doing what they need to survive. And, you know, we never really touched the ocean floor. Some uh, in some circumstances we did, but we never really touched the vastness of oceans. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to certain trenches and like what lives out there. Like, you know, chances are, is the Megalodon still around? You don't really know, do you? Uh, Is Nessie real? Uh, Is anything from the... uh, Is anything from certain periods, because Earth has changed, still living out there? And I mean, the closest thing we got to a giant sea monster or a kraken would be the colossal squid. And there's been several of them of varying heights that washed up on the mainland. So it makes you wonder, like, are there creatures out there that are similar to the creature in this movie? And if there are... How far will it be till one part of the species outruns the other? Because one way or another, we will pervert these creatures and piss them off to the point where, guess what? They're like, you know what? We're going to take revenge one way or another. And I mean, there's lots of other movies that deal with this same subject matter. I mean, I can include Godzilla in that too, now that I think about it. But you see, if for this part of the monster Vest, Godzilla deserves this whole episode altogether. But I will talk about one film. Godzilla versus a Sea Monster. Now, let us be real, right? It sounds kind of redundant when you think about it, doesn't it? I mean, Godzilla fighting a giant lobster. And the whole time I was sitting there thinking, hey, is Lobster Fest back this year? But, you know, as I was sitting there watching, I was like, this this is pretty okay, because it was like one of those moments where Godzilla is a defender. Well, maybe unwilling defender, but he started to be more in his defender phase at this point. And you see, like it also had Mothra in the movie. And you see what with the sea monster called Ebra coming up. One way or another, I was like that that monster when it's facing off against Godzilla for the first time, because it faces off against him like what two two to three times I want to say. Like the first time when I saw it, I, I thought it was awesome as hell. But the second time as an adult when I see it, I'm like, man, you know he can't hold a candle to Godzilla. Godzilla gonna mess him up, and he does. And then he declaws him and stuff, and then the damn thing like swims away, like real, real weakly and crap, looking kind of like Holyfield in that fight with Mike Tyson. <laughs> I was like, you know, some. I was like, even in the sixties, nothing could really beat Godzilla except for Mothra. That's the only thing that could probably do it. And then maybe uh, in the original King Kong versus Godzilla movie, you know, because King Kong was very popular in both countries at the time. So like, when Godzilla didn't win. <laughs> you know, that pretty much proved that um right there, you know, like he still had some build-up for himself. But then later on they recognized him as the icon that he rightfully is. And the reason why I say that is is because Godzilla vs. Kong is coming next year, and I got all the hope and hype for that movie. I I am gonna be right there day one. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to the day job that day. Because I'm gonna go sit and enjoy it, and I'll probably watch it twice because I always gotta run for monster awesome movies. Especially if they have the Godzilla in there. And of course, you know, this is the biggest rematch we've all been looking forward to for quite some time. Real Godzilla fans, that is. And, um, no, Godzilla will not be the next subject matter for the next episode. Matter of fact, we might look into more cosmic monsters, too. Because isn't Cthulhu technically a sea monster in some ways? If you really think about the HP Lovecraft stories, not the ones that have been written by other people, but you know what I mean. But the ones in the classic day, like, you know, some people are really stupid enough to try to summon him, And then I look at it from time to time. It's like, well, you're already asking for too much because you done brought something evil or woken something evil into this world. And that makes no sense. But I like to say this, though, you know, technically, we're not even supposed to say his we don't even say his name right. And technically, if we look at him, we'll go insane. But some of us are already crazy when you think about it. But if you ever like to read something, I would suggest anything with Cthulhu in it. Especially if you want something that deals with the sea, sort of. And, um, of course, I need to go ahead and give you guys a gaming recommendation, which, by the way, let us get to that. Okay, your gaming recommendation for today, if you choose to accept it, would be the Castlevania Collection. In honor of the Bloody Tears intro. Now, whenever you hear that, From here on out for this festival, that'll be your gaming recommendation. All right. So for this one, I would say any of the Castlevanias pretty much. But hey, let's go back to one Castlevania one. That is what you should start with. Or even some of the uh, later Castlevania games like, you know, I think Shadow of Darkness is a good one. And Konami needs to go ahead and stop playing around and go ahead and make some newer ones. Just saying. But. Other than that, though, that's what I have for you guys today for this first um, episode of the Monster Fest. It was good to be back here with y'all. I have more stuff coming. Episode 120, we will deal with, I was going to save him for last, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to deal with vampires. We're going to go visit Dracula next episode. So, get the holy water and join me as we face more of the undead. But from here on out, this is the J-Man signing off. Take it easy. Peace.